In a world where coaches are still the main characters, the players are now legally chasing the ultimate bag, and the game of basketball is always the top priority, there is only one brand you can trust to help you wade through all the madness. Hey, I'm Tate Frazier from One Shining Podcast, and you can join me twice a week as we navigate the always entertaining world of college basketball. Every Monday, The Ringer's Kyle Mann helps me make sense of the biggest stories from the weekend. And on Fridays, we talk to our many friends of the program. We're locked in on the best postseason in sports. Make sure you follow One Shining Podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large big gulp drink, and you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. Mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I'm a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite, visit 7-Eleven, valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, applicable on large big gulp only, participating U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Welcome back to another episode of Off Guard. I'm your host, Austin Rivers, along with my co-host, Pasha Hagigi. My guy, how are you doing? What's up? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I uh, love seeing you on ESPN yesterday talking about the core storming situation. You know what? I thought you were going to go in there and have the get off my lawn energy of, you know, trying to, you know, just be against the students having fun, but you were pretty neutral, which well, your tweet suggested differently. Yeah, my tweet was got a little sour reaction but um you know i ended up seeing both sides of it of the coin here's the deal you know you could be on both sides the only reason that this is very polarizing is people have a certain feelings about duke and after the caitlin cart incident happened we kind of like talked about it and then it went under the rug and then this happened to a duke player one of their best players now we find ourselves in the situation where, you know, people are like, you know, all this is just that Duke energy, the uppity, da 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 da. Like, but this has nothing to do with. I don't care what college it was. If it was, uh, well, this help that Jay Billis was saying people should get arrested for being on the court too. Another Dukey. <laughs> yeah. I love Jay. Jay's my guy too. But Jay was on the air like, listen, let's hold him on the court. Uh, <laughs> you know, let's let's surround the court police and just one by one we'll we'll, we'll arrest him, tag him, and bag him. I was like, tag him, and bag him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Shout out to Jay, man. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, my thing is let's just try to control the chaos. I don't, I don't, I don't feel we we need to take something that's, you know, a big part of college sports away. But maybe we could do a better job controlling the chaos. Maybe a certain section is the one that the students can come down in. Maybe once the game ends, the police we have more security holding them off just for a minute, one minute. I think that seems like the the just get the guys out the, the most obvious response. You, we don't okay. So you want to keep the spirit of it's college and it's fine. It's not the pros. Court storming is is the nice visual. It's it's almost tradition, right? So you want to keep it, but you want to make sure the players are safe. Those are the only two things you want. You want to keep it, but the players are safe. Why not allow a minute? Just wait till the players are off, and then all right, kids, run and storm. It's going to be just as fun for the kids. 
to storm if it's like a minute after. Anything you it's gonna out. be yeah. It's gonna be just as fun. Let's just get the players off and then storm away. Is it gonna be a more? It's gonna be like a less thunderous storm. Is it not gonna be right at the buzzer? Sure, but you don't need to go right at the buzzer either. What is this gold rush? Like this? Wait a minute. Get Filipowski off the court and then go have your fun. And I'm sure it's gonna go into the night anyways. One minute's not gonna kill anyone. No, no, but yeah. it could save somebody from having a you know an injury or something silly happening. You know, Caitlin Clark could have easily been injured. You know, she's a woman too. That was a grown, you know, guy man who just like ran steamrolled her. I think it was a woman that hit her. Oh, I thought it was a man. No, it was a woman. I think she was on her cell phone, though. That's what Seth Greenberg was saying. It's it's not the it's not the people's fault, it's the cell phones. The cell phones everyone's the cell running phones. on and trying to document everything. Well, yeah, that's just a problem we have in today's society in general. When you go to a concert, everybody has their phone up. They're not even enjoying the moment. Yeah. It's for their Insta story. But that's like that yeah. reminds me of LeBron's shot to be the all-time leading scorer. Only Phil Knight was the only one that wasn't filming. Phil Knight was just sitting there enjoying the moment, like. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, control the chaos. I don't want to take anything away from the game. Is there something going on though about there's like a different level of it's been the last few years, fans kind of disrespecting either coaches or players. Like, you know, I saw John Shire when he went to go see Filipowski, like another fan, a Wake Forest fan had a, was like filming him right in his face. And it was just like that level. When I was growing up, I felt like it was a little more different. Like we had so much more respect if I saw a player and stuff and now people just say crazy things you saw what happened with KD and the fan we didn't even talk about that last pod where you know the 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 fan calls him you know a bitch and KD checks him and then the, they try to dap him up that right there happens 99.9% of the time a fan will say something to you and once you turn to give them attention they'll be like huh they'll be like right. what they'll be like I didn't say nothing you'll be like what bro that happened to me multiple times I mean that's happened to me 3,000 times. But there's a video of me, uh, which will cue and play, <laughs> when I was in Houston, and I'm on my way to, to, to the court. And the camera only catches him saying one part about my pops. But he had said something about me right before. He was like, you and your dad are a bitch. And then he's like, your dad sucks. Something like that. So I, I stopped and go, what did you say? He's like, it wasn't me, bro. It wasn't me. I was like, brother, I, I just, like, I, you know what I mean? And that's what, like, right when they do that, that's when you realize, oh, like, look at this, bro. Like, you feel silly for even wasting your time. But at the same time, it's like, yo, there are so many other ways to Kevin Durant's point. There are so many other ways to, like, get somebody's attention than to, like, call them a bitch, bro. Yeah. We can't. You could say you suck. You're trash. You're sorry. um, I've heard it all. Those don't bother me, man. That's fair game. I think that's fun. Calling someone, you know, uh, a bitch or or anything along those lines it's like bro we don't really need that you know but I, again you know some people yeah they feel like they're at the zoo you know what i mean and that sounds nasty but that's just the way they feel they just feel like oh man we pay for these tickets we just say whatever we want to these guys as if we're just not human beings at work and i know we're in sports but I, the worst thing that pisses me off is when people are like well, that's what they get paid millions to do no no we get paid millions to play basketball yeah. we don't get paid millions to be called a bitch two different things right. never have i signed a contract and that was in the contract when I'm flipping the pages, when I'm signing it, you know, like on page seven, um, that's where it says you're going to be called a bitch uh, every other game and you're going to have to deal with it. But never have I wrote, uh, signed a contract with that. That's just like common human decency, man. Right. You think it has something to do with maybe social media players now are so much more accessible and you feel like you know the people, even if you don't, if you follow someone on Instagram, you have a certain, a certain level of like, you just feel like you're a little closer than you really are. And then when you see them, you feel like you're more comfortable saying these things. When back in the day, you didn't know anything about what was going on with some of these players. When you saw them, it was a little more like, there's a little more mystery out there. I feel like now people, everything's just so much more accessible. You see Cam Newton getting into a fight with a bunch of people too. Like this is a former MVP. There's something with Cam Newton that people like to try him. Like there's a lot of videos with him at camps and like kids are talking crazy to him. Yeah. I don't know if he starts or invites it. I don't know if it's like a thing with him. It's silly just considering like this guy's had a hell of a football career. Yeah. He's a you know NFL MVP man. Like this guy's national championship. National champion. Yeah, like bro, like yeah. his 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 catalog is is really impressive. You yeah. know, and for like 12, 13 year old sorry ass football players to be like talking trash to him, knowing they won't be half as good as him. It's just like that's the other part too, man. Like people will talk trash and just have no self awareness, but you know, lions usually don't use sleep over the thought of sheep. Yeah, and you just kind of have to keep that mindset with some of these people. I want to stick with college basketball a little bit. Listen, I think March Madness will always be a good. It's always going to be fun. There's always going to be upsets, game winners. That's always going to be fun, right? It's never been bad, but I feel like 
college basketball, at least the days of dominant teams like the 92 Duke team or the 0607 Gator Stop. team, Stop. we're never going to see those kinds of teams anymore. I have a couple of theories. One of my theories is there's people are so much more, players are so talented now that there's not such a big gap between, you know, the high level teams and, you know, other schools, right? Like everyone's really good. These go to these other schools. There's a lot of really good players probably there too. So there's not this crazy gap, but also players aren't going to stick around, right? They create a dynasty. And a lot of those good teams are, you know, 18 year olds, right? Like they're these one and done kids. And so 18 year old playing against, you know, a 22 year old, there's a big difference in those four years too, right? Give me, yeah. I mean, I think college basketball, high school basketball, the whole landscape has changed first and foremost. Um, these kids are getting paid in high school now in college, which I'm happy for, but it comes at a price. You know, I mean, there is a cause and effect. I, I am not one of these guys that's saying I'm against college athletes and high school players getting paid because the money was going somewhere and it usually wasn't going in the athletes' pockets. So I'm all for these guys getting paid. But it's changed the landscape of sports for women and men. Uh, the best college women's basketball players stay in college for as long as they can. You know, Paige Buckner is going back to UConn. Yeah. Because they know they're not going to make that money in WNBA. Yeah. So, you know, now the WNBA... WNBA Ronna Stewart just took a pay cut in the WNBA. Yeah. yeah like yeah. She's an MVP. Yeah. So the, the product there is, is... That's not good. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not as good as it should be. Men, you got these kids making money in high school. Work ethic's not the same. How could it be? They're making money. You know what I mean? Yeah. In college, it's not the same. The transfer portal's nuts. These kids go to a college, get yelled at five times, like I'm out. There's, right. There's, there's no like, you don't get put, bro. When I was at Duke, I, I, I had, I started out the season. It was kind of rough a little bit. I had to get all the way down to get all the way back up. That arc of like growth and maturity, like going through stuff, you know, going through obstacles in your life. You know, I mean, again, I'm not saying I'm against the transfer portal. I'm not saying I'm against any of these things. All I'm saying is, with all these necessary changes that we we should make and with, that we did make there is a price to it. There is a cause and effect to every decision we make. Right. And, you know, that's an issue. Um, you know, just in terms of kids and how they work and the product that's being put out there, it's, it's changed. Uh, the one and done. Uh, again, I'm a one and done. So I'm not going to say I'm not, a, I'm not with that. I'd be contradicting myself. No, none of the good basketball players on the men's side, they don't stay. So college basketball has zero. Right, like the, that Gator team that repeated, like, you know, Joe Kim Noah and Al Horford, all these guys coming back. You know, they were sophomores when they won. They came back for their junior year. That, that's really rare no, to find. No, any, any half decent. Duke winning in 90, you know, they're back-to-back in 92. Those guys being juniors and coming back for their senior year. That's not going to happen, right? Even, even the year before I got there, it was, you know, Kyle Singler, Nolan Smith. You know, these are guys who played in college basketball for multiple, multiple years, had great college careers. You don't see that anymore. They're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? One and done, they're in and out. Um, they're going to the G League. They're going overseas. So in terms of talent, we're looking at some of the we're looking at the worst product that we've seen in college basketball in a long time. We've had horrific draft classes. Our last draft class, Victor, take him out. Well, everyone's talking about this draft class being one of the worst. But even when it was really bad. No, no, I'm asking, when is a good one? Bro, we look at the classes we have ahead. Bro, this shit is well, not. Hope, I think people are hoping that Cooper Flag and Ace Bailey and these guys coming next year are gonna change bro, it a little we're bit. We're talking about three, four guys. I'm not talking about the top heavy guys. I'm not gonna sit here and say anything negative about Cooper Flag. I know that guy's really good. I watched him play. Of course, you're gonna have the top two or three be really good. Yeah. But when I have to look at a draft class, I look at depth. I look at a guy coming in at like number 16 or 18. You got a hell of a basketball player because the draft class was loaded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know. It's just changed. My draft class was my draft class isn't even one of one of the stronger ones, but we still had like, you know what I mean? Like I played eleven years in the NBA. I was a tenth pick. Yeah, you know what I mean. Ter Terrence Ross was like the pick before me. Andre Drummond was a ninth pick. Like, bro, we had these are players playing for 10, 12, 13 years, bro. Yeah, like we talk about the two thousand thirteen draft being one of the worst ones, uh, but they still had Giannis and Rudy Gobert in it and CJ McCollum. But they talk about that one. It was Anthony Bennett was the the number one pick that year. And it, Victor Depot number two. So they're comparing this year to that, but you still hopefully will find some gems, right? Even when it's bad, there's going to be a couple of good guys somewhere, right? Sprinkled in the first. I one. mean, right now you have Chet, who you can't count as this draft class. He is a rookie, but he was in last year's class. You got him and Victor. Um, who's another really good rookie having a big year? Um, there's a bunch of guys. We like Hame Hawkes. We like Hame Hawkes. We, we both like Keontae George a lot. Keontae George is talented. Hame Hawkes. Uh, Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller has been 
a quiet assassin down in Charlotte. Well, if you have two seven-foot aliens out there battling Alpha Rookie of the Year, he's going to fly under the radar, right? Any other year, he might be talked about as, okay, yeah, this guy's... Yeah. I mean, they're comparing him to Paul George. We love Paul George's game. but it, And it's a fitting comparison yeah. because he he has game. He has talent. He's scoring. He's putting multiple... I mean, he's putting back-to-back-to-back-to-back games 20, 20, 20, 20. I mean, like, Brandon can score. He's super athletic and, uh, and, and, and explosive. Um, it was a great pick by Charlotte. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good wing to go along Lamelo. Now you got a point guard and a shooting guard. It's a good start, right? What do you? How do you feel about that? With the what the rules? Mike Conley just got caught with it. Yo, uh, let, 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 from let the Warriors. Just say this. Are you allowed this. to shoot the ball at the end of the game? Gonna, Is it unwritten we're, rule? We're, we're gonna end this right now. If you didn't have a problem with him making a three five minutes ago when you're down ten or fifteen or twelve or whatever, don't have a problem with him shooting a three with a second left. Enough of like the, it's disrespectful, brother. You losing's disrespectful. It's like this shit's getting silly. We see this all the time. Someone will shoot a shot with a minute left and or they'll dunk it and it's a fight all now. Now we want to be tough for 10 seconds left in the game. Yeah. I've even caught myself doing that before. I remember one time we played Phoenix. Um, and I don't even remember the guy's name. He's like Teledovid, Teled shooter. He could he, he played for Brooklyn for a while. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had he had shot a he had shot a late shot with like three seconds left. And I had got mad. I was like, man, that's bullshit. You shouldn't be shooting a shot like that. That's disrespectful. And one of my vets grabbed me and was like, yo, I love your spirit, but we needed that two quarters ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And after that, I was like, yo, I'll never get mad like that again. I'm, I'm frustrated that we're losing. And now I'm getting anything. I'm, now he doesn't. I'm looking to be disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like, bro, enough. Like, Schroeder pushed Michael Conley. Uh, 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 the, the Warriors, bro. First of all, if Michael... Picking a fight with Michael Conley. Michael Conley is the nicest player in NBA history. The guy's played a million minutes and has never had a technical foul. He's the nicest guy in the world. You're, you're over when, here he, getting... when they pushed Mike, when when Shorter pushed him, Mike was like, <laughs> like put his arms up. Like, and, and then Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, Jaden got right in there. Yeah, he's not afraid to mix it up a little bit. And you know what? My thing was like, you know, we gotta we gotta quit this rule, man. I'm tired of guys pushing guys. And getting an ego and getting a little bit, you know. But why does that rule exist? Like, when does it start? Uh, it's when an unwritten it? rule. There is no rule. Yeah. I don't know when it happened. I, you remember Lance Stevenson made the layup and, like, Paul George and, and, and uh, uh, what was it, P.J. Tucker? Or, no, no, it was, I'm um, sorry. DeMar DeRozan and P.J. Tucker pressed Lance Stevenson. Yeah. That one was a little nutty. He kind of went out of his way to, like, dribble down the court. And he, there was, like, six seconds left, so he should have he, that He, like, purposely went late. There's a fine line. See, that's where it gets tricky. My thing is, yo, if there's a shot clock running or if there's like, you know, I don't know. Like man. Anthony Bowie famously called a timeout to get a triple-double. He got that assist back in the day. No, that's, that's ridiculous. People had a... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with that. That was when a triple-double was harder to come by, though. Nowadays, people get triple-doubles yeah, by halftime. Scotty Barnes had his like fourth one last night. Yeah, no. it, it's just... Yeah, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not... Listen, let's just make this simple. No more getting mad at someone for scoring... When there's time in the game. If there's time in the game, you can score. We did it for the bubble or for the for the for the play-in because the points mattered. Right. And no one had a problem with it because there was like a thing, right? So everybody just dropped, oh, okay, okay. That's remember, and even a couple of people were like, no, no, he's doing it for the game. Remember, some people got mad. Yeah. They're like, you know, we're trying to get the most points. Yeah. Mozilla was doing like a hack yeah. a hack of drumming, I Hack of drumming, because they were trying yeah. to get the points to get them in the tournament. Like, let's just cut it out, man. Yeah. If the game, if there's time in the game, play the game. If you don't like it, win the game. I don't want you having a problem with someone scoring with 10 seconds left, but three quarters ago when the guy was lighting your ass up, you didn't have no problems. But then with 10 seconds left, he makes a layup, and now you want to get in his face talking about, it's disrespectful. No, it's disrespectful that you already lost and your fans are going home with an L. That's just disrespectful. I don't want to hear this, this like, this because the rule is getting ridiculous. And I'm seeing guys getting pushed and shoved because they're like still playing. Yeah. Mind you, some guys don't play the entire game. And then they get in with two minutes left. Bro, they're giving them everything they got. Yeah. Like that kid with the Warriors who got in, he hasn't played all year long. He's now starting to get a little bit of minutes. That's a, the young player. Yeah, um, Lester Canonis. Yes. He's in a game trying to hoop. Yeah. So whether it's 10 seconds, 12 seconds, he's trying to get a bucket. He might have his grandma in the stands. He might have his friend in the stands. This is the first time he's played. Or obviously he's played before. But I'm saying like he hasn't played a lot. He's trying to get his rhythm. He's trying to get his points. He's trying to get his numbers. He's trying to hoop. Right. Play the game. Once the clock's over, once the, then go to then do what you want. If there's time in the game, play the game. This unwritten rule of it being disrespectful for someone to score, trust me, I was on the other side. I saw it that way too. 
But after you like really put in hindsight, and after I, that, my 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 big fella told me, uh, you know, uh, Roger Mason, another MVPA guy, right? yeah, was my vet, and he was like, "Yo, I love your spirit, young fella." But we needed that two quarters ago, yeah. and I was just like, I didn't even know what to say back to him. I was just like, uh, "Well, he's right." I don't know. That shit's silly, man. That's fake tough guy shit, anyway. Really quick, we mentioned Cooper Flag earlier. I don't want to. I'm going to forget if we don't bring it up right now. What do you think he projects to in the NBA? What kind of player would he be? Do you have like a player comparison or anything? Because I do, and people are going to get mad at this. People are going to get mad at this, but I, I, they need to do their research and do their homework, okay? And I do think Cooper has a little bit more offensive ability because I see him and I see like Gordon Hayward asking. No, I'm not saying that just because he's a white small forward. I just legitimately see that part of his game. But he reminds me of Karolinko. He reminds me of prime Karolinko. Cooper Flag does, and here's why. One, people forget Karolinko in his prime was an all-star. A great defensive player. So uh, defensively, I don't think people are going to get mad about that at all. Um, Cooper dominates the game in an untraditional way. He's not a guy you throw it to, and he's just scoring 40, like a scoring machine. He's not a Paul George, Brandon Miller type, you know, bag work, crossover, behind the back. Again, he has some stuff. Cooper dominates the game by playing hard, and just he's just a hooper. He, 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 um, Cooper, the Hooper, he, uh, I had to, I'm sorry. He, <laughs> he, he gets, first off, defensively, always blocking shots. Great instincts. Great defense. Always around the glass. Yeah. Bro, this guy gets like 10 points a game in high school just from tipping the ball in around the rim. Has a great feel for where the ball is going to be. Um, always catching lobs, you know, uh, gets his hands on, uh, deflections, long, athletic. Um, again, I, I can't harp enough on the block shots. This guy patch shit all game and he does it at every level of high school eybl nike tournament mount vert he's always leading tournaments and blocks rebounds deflections he's always around the rim yeah has a nice little mid-range good little spot three needs work but he's but he's getting better and he's just like a talented hooper who just affects winning like bro you're gonna see my duke next year he's gonna average like 17 18 which and you know people don't understand how hard that is in college 15 points in college is like 20 in the nba because the game's just slower. It's a 35-second shot clock. Right. The way the, the game's played, it's just different. Um, obviously, less time as well. So, you know, there's a lot of variables there, but that's who Cooper, when I see Cooper, I see the arc of him becoming a much better offensive player and, like, score in terms of a guy who can, like, do it. But, like, he has this Karolinko-ish, Jimmy Butler-ish, like, the, he just affects the game in these other little ways. Um, I see a lot of Karolinko in him. When I say this, people are like, what, Karolinko? I was like, bro, y'all need to do your homework on Karolinko, man. And Karolinko's prime. He was a hell of a defender. And he just did all the little stuff. And he had still in that stat sheet. You look, and he had like 18. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's Cooper Flag does. You know what I mean? Like, Cooper Flag's not averaging 30 right now. You know what I mean? He, he But he just dominated. Like, he dominated. I, I, coached, I coached against him in the um, uh, the MBPA camp this, this past summer. Mm -hmm. He was the best player in the camp. Um, second was VJ Edgecombe. Those are two best players by far. And then uh, I'll put uh, Boozer's son in there, uh, Cameron. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, Cooper, and VJ were like here, and, and then there's a ginormous gap be between those three and everybody else. Uh, and Cooper was by far the best player there, right. in my opinion. Um, and he has Karolinko in him, I think. Um, he could be better because offensively, I think he has that, he has a little bit of shit to him. Um, so I'm not trying to, you know, hold him down on the offensive side. I'm just telling you, the things he does now are things you can't really teach. He has like a, a motor yeah. and a competitive spirit about him, a little edge to him that he plays with every game. He's always yelling and screaming and blocking shots and talking like that. He has that type of feel. Uh, it reminds me of Andre Kelly. So I actually saw Monverde play last year and he, what I noticed is he was playing the right way. Like he made the right pass every time. He wasn't forcing bad shots. He was doing everything right. So I think I agree with what you're saying as far as next year, he might average 16 or 17, but Duke might win a national title because, because he's going to do these other things. That's, that's what I'm saying, so it, might, bro. it might look like, oh, he averaged 15 or 16, but the t I think the team will just be a lot better that, that's because what I'm he's going to be like, out there. Again, my, my freshman year, bro, I'm doing ISO. You know what I mean? Like I'm coming down, you know, I'm, I'm, bro, a lot of our plays are pick and roll. I'm coming off, switch, bah, bah, step back. You know, was, I had to work really hard to get those 16, 17. Yeah. Cooper Flagg gets 16, 17 just by being around the rim and running the floor. 
Right. And then he'll get like a little mid-range. And then we're not even counting when he's hot and he's like in his bag a little bit. Kind of reminds me how like Chandler back in the day would get his 16 or yes, 17. Just yes, like catching in just straight line straight into line the drive. dunk. Yeah, straight tricky. line drive. Yeah. You got a good shot, but your teammate has a better one. He don't even think. Yeah. Cooper just makes the right play. Right. Like even at the NBA camp, bro, he could have dominated. Like there's NBA scouts there. If you really wanted to be so like Cooper, like come down. Someone had to go and he just throw it, go space. Like he just played. Every scout came in there like, I probably, because I remember I was sitting there with all the NBA scouts. We're just watching him play. And the best thing they took from it was like, he plays winning basketball. Yeah. That that's just t- shows you like these kids who are out there like putting these, they don't give a damn about how many numbers you score. Well, that's like, the, that's the benefit too of playing on a stack team like Montverde stack this year is that he's already learning how to play with, with really good, good players. players. So it's not going to be this shock. That's, part that, of that's the something set. that happened with you, for example, at Winter Park. You know, you were the man. Let's just call it what it is. You know, you're no, no more player in the nation and everything like that. It would have been a little different, let's say, if you were at Montverde or something like that or IMG playing with a bunch of other good players because then you would have had, you would already, when you got to the NBA, learn how to play with yep. guys when you're not maybe the best player on the court. Yeah, yeah. But every time you stepped on the basketball court before, you were the best player on the court. 100%. That's part of the sell of what these prep schools tell these kids. They're like, yeah. you know, they tell their parents, like, listen, your kid might average seven, eight less points per game here. But when he goes to college or, you know, God willing, the NBA, he's going to have an easier transition in terms of just fitting in because here he's going to play with three or four other guys who might also go to the NBA. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, Montvert spits out two or three pros every other year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been good to see him just develop. And it's nice to see a top-ranked player be a guy that's game is not solely predicated on scoring and putting up, you know, crazy numbers or crazy, crazy highlights like the history has. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, Cooper just plays the right way and affects the game just through playing hard and just like dominating, playing good basketball. Uh, he is one of the rare purities that we see in like a game that has a lot of flaw in it today. We see in the NBA with no defense. But there's little to no defense being played in today's NBA. Like, yeah. It's just, it is what it is, man. It's bad, bro. And I love the NBA. I'm not one of these guys like, I don't watch the NBA anymore. Not, bro, you're talking to a, a basketball historian. I'm going to watch basketball now, and I'm going to watch basketball 50 years from now, bro. I love it. Yeah. With that being said, it has changed and evolved into a lot of better and, and, and great things. We've also lost a little bit of, you know, there's, there's, we've lost some things too, man. Okay. Um, Competitive spirit, defense are things that, you know, is lacking a little bit. And to have the top ranked player in high school grassroots do these things very well, it's kind of cool to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, we got some guys that will get out there and slide their feet. And we're starting to see some of this sprinkle in there. Scotty Barnes, a lot of these young players, some of these guys you'll see. And it's exciting because you're like Chet, Wimby. These guys play defense, bro. You know, these two of the rookies are... You tweeted the other day, actually, that the rookie of the year is it's locked up with Wemby. It's done now. It's done. Yeah. When, 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 uh, Victor Wembanyama has got, got the rookie of the year. If Steve Francis and Elton Brand can do co, and Grant Hill and Jason Kidd can do co, can we get... I don't... This would be a year or I would love a co. Here, here's the deal. Year. We could do co. I don't like it for Victor's legacy and what we need him to be for the game. We're searching for the face of the NBA. I didn't want LeBron James to have a gosh damn co-rookie of the year either. Even though Carmelo had a great rookie. Yeah, exactly. And who they gave it to. Yeah. They gave it to they gave it to Braun. Because Braun had he had to have it. By the by the way, he should have won it anyway. I don't think Carmelo had a better rookie of the year than LeBron. Yeah. But you can argue that just because his team won. Well, the argument for Chet right now is that he's on a way better team. Well, so was Melo. Yeah. Melo's team was better. Yeah, they made the playoffs play rookie yeah. year. Yeah. You know what I mean? After not making it the year before. That yeah. was a difference. Okay. Chet. You could say the same thing. That team wasn't in the playoffs last year. They were close. That's a little, they were in the play-in until we smacked them, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but this year, they're obviously a much better team. And with Chet, they're a much better team. Give them credit. You know, Denver was nothing to talk about. And then Melo comes in and, you know, they're a playoff team. Whereas, you know, LeBron, they, you know, he didn't really have that. They're, they didn't have too much success. I would say the difference is he had a lot of guys hating on him before he got there. Those viral clips of his teammates being like, oh, I don't know if he can come here and change anything. And then, Age very poorly for all the, for, for all those guys, um, yeah. but you know, LeBron was rookie of the year. It's the face of the NBA. It's just it is what it is, and he had a great rookie year too. So I I think just for Victor's legacy and how important he is to the game. That's a great point too. Every now every talk show is talking about who's the face of the NBA coming up. That's like the thing we talked about it a few months ago, where how the NBA they want someone to step up, and now they're every. Time I look on TV now, they're like, who's the next face of the NBA? Bro, they're naming I've, everybody. I've, it's Victor. It has to be Victor. 
also, it's hard to really project it. You couldn't have told me six years ago that Jokic and I don't know, even when like Greek Freak first came out, yeah, you saw some stuff there. There was obviously potential as rookie year, but you would have never have guessed like those two guys were like battling for MVP. Do you think? Do you think the face of the NBA has to be an American? No. No. But then why is it? I didn't have a problem with it. If you name know. the last time, can I ask you something? When has a player of the NBA been the face, the, the actual face, and not been American? Okay, so. Steve Nash won back-to-back, and then Dirk won the year after. That's three straight years of non-Americans and winning none of, it. None of they, them weren't, were the they, they weren't the face. But that's because we had... Kobe Bryant. We had and Kobe Bryant, LeBron James were, were in the NBA That's at the time. my point. So you're saying it's impossible for... I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying like people don't even want it, want it to happen over here. Jokic is the best player in the NBA. Giannis, bro, I want you to think about this. Giannis won two, Jokic won two, and Bede won two. But like six of the past. Well, it beat 1 1. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. I'm he was going to win another one this year. He won, that's why I said. I think you already counted it in your yeah, brain. I think a lot he, of people did. Because yeah. Embiid was going to win. He right. was going to win another one. Of course. We were about to have six years of the last, how many? Right. Was it seven? Because did, did someone did. No, it was the last was it six. six it would have been six, yeah. Six straight years of foreign players winning the MVP in a row. And yeah. None of them were the fake. Even though Embiid is going to play for Team USA this summer. But he's not from America. Okay. Okay, so that's why I'm not counting it. That's still beyond weird to me. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm glad. Join us. You know what I mean? <laughs> Gooba Gaba, one of us. I'm yeah. glad he is a part of the American. We're going over to Paris with him. That'd be great. But he's not from here. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So we've had six, six MVPs in a row go to a foreign player. Three, just, just the three guys. Not one of them, would you say, is the face of the NBA? Steph Curry is still the face along with LeBron James. Right. It just it is what it is. That's why we're in such a rush now to find somebody because we're looking at LeBron and the, and the Steph, ninth, 10th seed, team struggling. It is a different era. It, that's, that's my thing. I think it, it's fine if it's not an American. It's a different era, man. We just got to accept it. It's going to happen with I'm or with without you. us. I'm with Luka you. Luca is the best perimeter player in the NBA. But the reason it's tough for them to be the face is from a market marketable standpoint, their culture is different. Like, Jokic don't give a shit about being on TV or even being mar- being tagged as that or being marketable. As soon as the season ends, he goes and races horses. So he's not the face. He doesn't want to be. Giannis is up for it and is a guy that— And he wants to be. And he, he wants to be and he on. could be. But the problem is he's 30 already or he's going to be 30. He's 29. Um, you know, so from that standpoint, you have— uh, And again, his dominance has been great. He's won one. But it's been mixed with Jokic. It's been mixed with Embiid. It's been, you know, maybe one of those MVPs could have went to James Harden, in my opinion. I think James could have won one of those MVPs, Giannis won. The first one, Giannis won, I thought James Harden should have won. I thought James should have won two MVPs. Well, I think How James, many MVPs has James won? One, but he lost, he lost one to Russell Westbrook that he probably could have won that year. Bro, I don't know who Russell it was. Russell was the sixth seed that year. I don't know who won one, but I know James should have won. There was one year where James averaged, bro, even the year James averaged 36. He didn't win MVP. 36. The last player to do that was Jordan. Well, the way we already talked about this before, but James style of play and everything. Didn't matter. That is, he averaged 36 and we were still like a top three, four seed, bro. We were like, we were, we were the best, bro. Every year in Houston, we were smacking everybody. Every other game we won. We never, bro, we, we lost. It was like the rain. It was a bad day. It was a bad, bad yeah. day. That team was really good, man. For sure. They went to the conference finals. Then we followed it. We always went to the second round. We always ran it. The only team that could beat us was the Warriors. We beat everyone else. Yeah. The only team we ran into and had issues with was the Warriors with Kevin Durant on the team. Like, that team was ridiculous. Yeah, I do think the, the that Rockets team is one of the best teams that ever went will never even never get to go to the finals, which is actually so, sad. Them and, the, them and those, like, 03 Kings. So, with all this being Kings. said, you know, I... It's, it's going to happen whether we allow it or not. Luka, SGA, these guys, like, that. They're coming, man. No, Wendy, it is. It is. It's over. Bro, so, yeah, no, it is. I mean, look, that's the prop that, bro, just, listen, let's get we, back we into it. We wanted Zion and John, and John Moran to be it. I know that. It, yeah. it ain't working. Right. So we're holding on to Tatum for dear life. Yeah. <laughs> we're holding on to Tatum and Anthony Edwards for dear life, bro. Yeah. Because Booker's a little older. Um, For whatever, for, for whatever reason, his likability is like very 50-50. People either like love Devin or they can't stand him. Yeah. It's like right in the middle. You know what I mean? Because his, his personality is not for everybody. Whereas like a Tatum is just such a neutral. He's like such a calm. Do you ever see Tatum like do any? I've never even seen a clip of him off the court. Well, what the, the hell does that guy go? I think we want him to have a little more dog in him. Though, no, right? no, we talked, no, we no, no I'm not about. even talking about. I'm talking about off the court. Yeah. Do, is there any footage of him anywhere? 
Mm. The fuck does this guy go? Yeah, I don't know. He's like the, one of the most popular athletes in sports. He's light skinned. He's six six seven six eight. He's got the got the fade, the lineup. The, the, the. Where does this guy go, bro? I got clips of Devin on TMZ all over the place at fucking Michael Rubin's parties, hanging out Kendall Jenner. This, this, and that. I don't know what the hell Tatum does off the court. I, this is him and Deuce. Yeah, God knows where they go. No one knows. There's a little, you know, he has that mystique about him. I think people like that. He's simple. He's a little bit more marketable in that way. Yeah. I don't like that he's with Jordan Brand. Oh, we talked about this last time. Their, their, their shoes suck. Meanwhile, Devin's coming out. His De- shoe De- Devin sneakers, Devin sneakers, an Air Force One with a basketball platform on it, man. Yeah. And they're simple and they're clean and people love them. I actually like them. I think the, I think the shoes are fire. He, he might be the shooting guard for Team USA this year. One of the best teams that are ever going to put together. Yeah. Devin should be So shooting. he's going to, he's... Am I, listen, as far as American basketball players are, he's... If we're talking as high as it gets, him and Tatum. Who? Oh yeah, just no, yeah. Devin Devin's a cream in the you know top of the top, bro. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And if we're talking like two guard, if I put Tatum at the three, the best two guard in basketball right now is is, is Booker. Okay, and right under him, right under him is Ant. He's climbing. He's closing. So that- SGA, you have SGA as a point guard. Yes, and Luca is just like I don't even know. Luca's a point guard, man. He's yeah. just not your stereotypical point guard, just like Steph wasn't. They, they're just they're different, but. You know, what what is a point guard in today's day, right? Russell Westbrook was a point guard. You know, what I mean, like all these guys are different. You know, so, um, but yeah. Anyways, you know, so Devin's a little bit older. I don't think he's he's not gonna be the face of the league. It's just not gonna happen. Um, he's good, but that's a, a to be the face of the league, man. You got to be fucking winning championships. You got that's that's even a different level. That's you why know Tatum what? the has sliding to... doors is if he would have won that year against the Bucks, things could have been a little different. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. If they win that year versus the Bucks and he already has a ring under him, people will even look at Devin completely differently. People look at Devin now; it's just like a very smooth score. He's got his little style, you know. You know, Max con- Max contract guy, really good score, good player. One, one arguably the best shooting guard in the league. Probably all starting USA team, like you said. Doesn't get really any higher for a two guard in the NBA, if you, you know, than yeah. Devin Booker, right? That's where we see him as. I'm not saying I agree with it or not. He could be one of the faces of the NBA. I'm just saying people don't perceive him like that for whatever reason. I mean, I, I don't know if it's his off the court stuff. He doesn't get in trouble or do anything wrong. He's just a little bit more accessible. He's a little more out there. I've never seen Tatum off the court. I don't know what he does. Again, this has nothing to do with him being the face. I'm just saying for Tatum to be that, he's got to get himself out there a little bit more. I don't like the Jordan Brand thing. If Tatum had a Nike sneaker, it'd be one of the it'd be one of the highest grossing shoe, selling shoes in, in 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 basketball. It'd be it's, you know, he's a Boston Celtic, and he's one of the he's the best player in the team, and he's going to be for a very long time. His sneaker would be sold out every time he dropped, sold out. Even James Harden sell out, Adidas sell out. James Harden, by the way, has had the two best basketball sneakers two years in a row. Shout out to Adidas. They're doing their stuff. Jordan Brand, you couldn't tell me what a Luka Doncic sneaker or a Jason Tatum sneaker looks we had like. This convo last All three of them I, look the same. I've seen people wear Luka. No one wears them and no one wears a Zion Williams sneaker. No, are you out of your mind? No one does. Cut it out, man. I've never gone to a store. I don't buy sneak basketball sneakers, but uh, you, you wouldn't go to a basketball, you wouldn't go to a store and be like, yo, let me get the uh, Jason Tatum, Jordan Brand, uh, Jordan Brand uh, sneakers over some Kyrie's or Paul George's or Devin's. You wouldn't do it and you know it. If you had Paul George, Kevin Durant's, Kyrie's and uh, uh, Devin's, even Ants, Harden's, Dames, all there. You're not picking the Luca sneaker and you're not picking the Tatum sneaker. And if you're saying you would, you're lying. A lot of kids out there, I see wear Luca jerseys. They're no. fair players, Luca, and they're probably wearing Luca shoes. No, they'll wear his jersey with some some Kyrie's on, is what they do. You know what's crazy? I went to your son's basketball game the other day. We're talking about a bunch of little kids running around, and I saw a kid wearing a Tyrese Halliburton jersey. That really stuck out. I was like, okay, like, Kids are like getting Tyrese Halliburton jerseys. You know what I mean? That's pretty. People like Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting to see like what the kids, what, what jerseys yeah, they yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely it's a new age, man. You know, I'm seeing kids run around Brunson jerseys. You know what I mean? Like, That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just like, wow. You know, this guy was like a off the bench guard for the Mavericks a couple of years ago. And this guy's like the savior in New York two years later. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 
miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Do you want to get into that game last night? How the Pistons just got robbed. That was crazy. I mean, listen, it was a foul. Um, there's no doubt about it. I think these people, the Pistons, they just need these. That's a win for them. Uh, well, that, you, can, you can hear the frustration in Money's voice. Yeah. That's why I think Money was so emotional because he's like, yo, we've obviously, they're eight and 72 right now. <laughs> um, they're horrific. But they're playing their they're playing so hard, man. These young kids. You know, Grimes wanted that win too. And you know, he had a great game too, bro. Uh, he had like fourteen in the fourth. He was cooking. The little, the little. That's what I'm saying this is the kind of win that Monty Williams. The layup, hang. The, layup the layup he went the where he went up yeah, and around. Yeah. I was like, okay, Grimes. This is a win that Monty Williams could have hung on to and been like, listen, the season that we could, you know what I mean? Like this is a building block. We had a bad season, but look at some of these wins that we had, guys. We yeah. can do this. Right. We can do this. We just got to get. We got to get there. You kind of hold on to those things. That's a silhouette, right? That's a silver lining in, in, in the season that you kind of hold on to are those big wins to be like, yo, guys, look at the teams we beat. And for you to play 48 plus minutes, you get the steal, game over, and then the guy dives into the guy's legs. Could have been really injured, by the way. DiVincenzo yeah. is that, bro. DiVincenzo is kind of like that, man. He just, him and Josh Hart, bro, they just like run around, just like bang, they, they just like run into guys, man. Like, yeah, but I mean, that's how, that's how Thibodeau wants it. Right? No, I know, but it's just like fucking, like, just dove into the guy's fucking legs and shit, bro. Just some nutty shit. But, but, uh, whatever. You know, it, it was a foul. And again, they, you know, they missed the call and, you know, they lost the game and whatever. That happens all the time. Um, you kind of just felt Monty's frustration in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, after the, after the game and rightfully so, you know, that game was kind of took for them. So tough loss for them, uh, to add to the, to the list of losses. But, you know, they just got to keep going. Um, listen, they're gonna get a top pick this year, and you know you just go from there. You know, so whatever. Uh, Victor's got to be the face, uh, just to circle back. Yeah, um, I like that little alien logo they're putting on the shoot too. It's pretty cool. Fire, yeah. and, and you know what we talked about? It can it be a foreign person? Because historically, we've had great foreign players in the league. MVPs past six years are all foreign players, and they're still not the face because we're holding on to LeBron and Steph. Because they are, both of those players are better than those right. guys. Um, but because also they're American players. It is what it is. It's an American sport. The NBA is in America. Yeah. Okay. All I'm saying so, is, but no, to, if now, no one to, steps up. To flow to your point, we're holding on to Ant and Tatum because we're getting, a you know, we've seen it this summer with USA basketball this past summer. Yeah. Fucking losing to every goddamn foreign team over Germany beat us, Canada beat us. We're seeing, uh-oh, and now we're like, yo, we got to go get Kevin and Braun and Steph. Can y'all play again? These dudes are 40 <laughs> years old, bro. Right. And we're like begging them to play in the Olympics so we can beat the foreign teams because the foreign basketball has caught up to us. Let me tell you something. If the, and if that team loses, oh, that's it. That, that, marks, that marks the... Brother, it's like it's like it's like when Floyd Mayweather fought Conor McGregor. You know, we're there when every black person in America was cheering for. We can't lose to this guy, man. This guy's been saying all obscene things about us in Americas and 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 and, and Conor McGregor and Irish people saying all type of shit about. You know, I never cheered for a man harder than that fight. I I was begging Conor to knock that fucker out, bro. I was like, and I love Conor McGregor, but you ain't about to come in here and just be our you know our best fighter. You can't do it. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel with like. You kind of get that because boxing really has that cultural. You'll have a bunch of Mexicans in the crowd chanting. You know, it's very cultural versus cult it's culture yeah. versus culture in boxing. And basketball, because we're all mixed in one pot in the NBA, 
sometimes we lose that and then we go to the Olympics and suddenly we're right back to it. If we have LeBron and Steph and Katie and Devin and Ant and, 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 and whoever plays, Halliburton, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, and we lose, I'll cry. Yeah, and good. I'll be, and I, and I, I'm going to be there too. I'm going to go to Paris for the Olympics to yeah. watch. I'll cry, and I'll be angry. It can't happen. We are the best basketball players in the world. That's why the league. That's why the NBA is in America and not in fucking Istanbul. All right, it's because we have the best players in the world, and we've dominated the fucking Olympics. And yeah, we've had some years where we've slipped up. It's usually because either guys A were fucking around, or B we didn't send our A group. It's the only reason we ever lose. Yeah, when we send the A group, we don't win. We don't lose. Yeah, we had the dream team. Beat the shit out of everybody. Had years of winning. Then we had fucked around, had some weird teams. Didn't send the right team. We, we lost. So what happened? We had the redeem team. LeBron and them were like, all right, let's go get this. They went and dominated. Yeah. And then we dominated the Olympics after that again. Well, you're getting everyone's best shot too. That's just the way it is. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah. So, and then the single loss elimination uh, type of thing, like but, single game elimination, a game against Jokic, you don't know how it could... I'm, no, no, no. One game, anything can happen. Yeah. And to the point of... What we talked about earlier, the game has advanced so far in Europe and overseas and around the world that that gap between American players is like here now. Yeah. It's, 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 bro, it's here. So we don't have a lot of room for air anymore. I'm looking at a German team and all five of their players are pro with the exception of that shooting guard who just be out there running around throwing that shit up. Who's that <laughs> dude? I don't even know who that guy is, but he could, he could shoot. But all these teams, uh, Australia, uh, French, uh, French, French team, yeah, um, Serbia, Serbia. These guys all have four, five, six pros on the team. Canada, and it Canada, used to, absolutely. It used to just be one, two. And by the way, Canada beat us. They didn't have Jamal Murray. I know we didn't have a bunch of guys. I'm just saying. Or Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins nor Jamal played that. Yeah, you know. So we're used to seeing these teams have one or two representative players from the NBA. Now it's like six, seven. If you could, it's simple math. You can see the numbers growing. Yeah. We would play Germany and then have one pro or two pros. Now it's like seven of them on there. Yeah. That just tells you most of these guys are coming to the NBA now. Yeah. The, the gap is closing between all And the issue is a lot of those guys have played together growing up and stuff. They have the chemistry. And, and with the we NBA, throw, we throw in the all-star team. And with the NBA getting as young as it is now, man, and the talent that is in there, and I don't mean that as a compliment, that gap is, is going to rapidly That's close. That's a beautiful segue. I have, I have a quote for you from Steve Clifford. I wanted to say this quote to you. The NBA is full of these guys. They play because they were drafted 6th, 7th, or 8th. And these teams don't want to say, geez, we made a mistake. By the time they're 23, they're gone and the coaches have been fired. And is that something that you agree with? Brother, I'm watching the NBA right now. I can't. Bro, I'm looking at these guys. I'm like, who that? What the hell is going on, man? Yeah. We just talked about it 10 minutes ago. Like with these draft classes being a little, I don't know what product's going on. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's an AAU thing. I, I don't know what it is. It's just different. Brother, we, we, again, everything we just said is a, it's just, let's view this as a big math equation, all right? And we'll yeah. just add it up. Our USA team struggles this summer. We lost multiple games, couldn't beat them. We're now having, let's add another addition to it. We're now having to, we're having to ask LeBron James, Steph Curry, Katie, these guys are 39, 38. We're, we're begging them to play in the Olympics so we have a chance to win. Okay? Let's add that. The last six MVPs have been foreign players. Let's add that. Every foreign team... And this now, year it's between... And this, and this year it's SGA? between... SGA? SGA and Jokic. Yo. It's going to be the seventh year. And that's why we're all now... Can Tatum win? Can Ant win? We're hope we're the American media, we're pushing it. We're trying to get one of our guys in the race. We're begging one of our guys to get in the race. Tatum should be an MVP. He's the best player on the best team. We just did a whole B and you did a whole segment on it. We're begging for one of our guys to be in there. Yeah. We're about a seventh year in a row, foreign player wins. Instead of two guys on each team, there's seven guys on every uh, uh, Olympic team and these foreign teams that, have, that are NBA players. That's five. Want me to keep going? Like, bro, the list, the list is growing, bro. Well, you know, who's the number? Who's going to be rookie of the year this year? Where's he from? France. From France, bro. Your dad said it a couple pods ago against with, uh, he had a pod with Bill where he said he's worried about the future of American basketball for different reasons, AAU, this and that. Are we just not learning the fundamentals? Because I think individually players are better than they've ever been. Man, listen, dog. If I just added all those seven things up, it ain't good. I don't know what that equates to and how we end that math equation, but it ain't good. That's a lot of different things that are headed that way and not to America's way, bro. The players, I'm just saying the gap is closing fast. 
I don't know. The gap might already be closed. Right. We can't get an MVP to save our life. Name the top five guys in the NBA right now. They're foreign players. Right. They're all foreign. Giannis, Joel, Jokic, Luka, and then that fifth spot, man, it's a fucking crapshoot. We have one American in there. And, and, and this year, you might have to throw SGA in there. That's the five. If we're talking this season, it would be, it'd be SGA. Those yeah. are, and Luka, people can say whatever they want about Luka. Luka is so fucking far advanced from like some of these young players we're comparing him to, just in terms of mental and how he turns it on and yeah. controls the game and sees the game and like feel. I love Ant. <clears throat> and I even love SGA. From a basketball, if you really know who, you've watched Luka, the shitty, he's so nutty. It doesn't make sense, bro. I don't even think they put him with the young players they group don't. anymore. They never put him there because yeah, he doesn't, doesn't count. count. He was first team all NBA his second year. Every year he's in the NBA, he's been on an NBA yeah. team. He's, he's, he's absolutely, he's out of his mind, bro. Yeah. Like, we don't even put him in the mix anymore. And he's just as young as all those guys. The top five players in the NBA right now are foreign players. Right. So it's just like, bro, the, the gap is closed. It's gone. If anything, are they creating a gap? <laughs> In 20 years from now, is it going to be foreign players? Or, like, what the hell is going on? It's, it's, it's worrisome. It's trending a certain way. It's, it's definitely trending a certain way. Yeah. Each Olympics, FIBA is getting harder and harder and harder to where last year you got Steve Kerr after Olympics. Like, hey, yo, listen, man, I don't know what y'all yelling at me for. The gap that y'all think is between us and the, it ain't there. I'm telling you, I'm watching these guys play. And I'm like, yo, this guy is just as good as this guy. It, it just, it ain't there. We're going to just hope that USA restores some order this summer. So we at least have a couple of years just to have that Well, luckily, goal. luckily, here's the deal. All the five players we just said are all different, different nationalities. Yeah. So they're not going to be on the same team. That's the difference. We have, we might not have top five, but six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Booker, Mitchell. They're all American. Going, yeah. So if we put them all on the same team, we should dominate. Right. So that's why there's still a gap. America's still the best. We still got the best basketball players overall. All I'm saying is they're top of the top versus our top of the top. It ain't looking good. And we're holding on to LeBron James at 39 years old and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant to will us again when they've already done it before. We're praying for them. Has Steph ever won a gold medal? No. So he's, he's got to be on the damn team. The fact that he hasn't been on one is nuts. No, he played on the world championships in 2010. Yeah, no one gives a shit about the world championships. I don't even, no one even remembers that. I, it's either, I'm not even being disrespectful, but if you, it's either, when we talk about accolades, man, people talk about championships and gold medals. When we're talking about the cream of the crop, we're talking about like the Stephs and LeBrons, yeah. Carmelos. I mean, Carmelo got like five gold medals. Steph got to go get one. Right. You know what I mean? I know he doesn't have five people. I'm just being sarcastic. I guess four? Yeah. First off, USA Mellow is silly. Right. All right, a couple of last questions before we end this pod. Let me start off with my guy in the Orlando Magic, Paolo. Got emotional after hitting a game winner against the Pistons. We're crushing the Pistons, just getting crushed on, on this pod. But another tough loss for them. But Paolo getting emotional on that uh, post-game interview. Did you love that? Because it's I mean, How we, we crushed the Pistons? How, 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 we talk about the Pistons like they lost that against the Knicks. Uh, I mean, they, and they lost another. They lost some, they lost some tough ones. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It's a little travel. Paolo definitely traveled. You wouldn't be the first or the last. No, no, no. That's the, it's a tough shot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he gamed him. Yeah. He's the real deal. Paulo's got game. Um, and him being emotional after the game, I thought was cool. Shows he cares. Yeah. Suggs cried the, when they lost to the Lakers early in the year. It was like just the beginning of the year, and he cried. The Magic's biggest strength is they got guys that go into each game with pride that they want to win. Those dudes want to win. Right. And it's nice to see. Suggs plays hard every possession, bro. Paolo plays hard. Wagner plays hard. His other brother, Mo Wagner, plays hard. Mo Both Wagner, we, we don't talk about him enough. He's one of the really, really good big men off the bench in the NBA. Mo and Franz. Yeah. You know, both got game. Obviously, Franz is a much better player. But Mo's been one of the best backup bigs in the league all season long. Yeah. He goes out there, he plays with a chip on his shoulder, he talks his shit. Every game, he's always talking. He's, he's great. Um, they play hard. Mosley's got them bought in. Got to get the coach, because that comes from coaching. Players just don't unison, just come together. Like, we're going to play really hard this year. <laughs> That's coaching. Um, and you've got your best player, who's also one of your youngest players on the team, hitting a game winner, battling through illness. 
and he's emotional after the game. Like, I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm just, sorry. I'm crying. And we saw Jalen Brunson get emotional a couple weeks ago. I just think yeah, it's like, really good. No, you guys care, man. People are saying these players don't care. They get paid too much, this and that. It's really good to see. Yeah, like, bro, these dudes are going in the game. This guy won. He didn't lose. He's crying. He's like, yeah. I'm happy. I'm sorry. I'm emotional. Like, yeah. I love that. I love that from Paulo. I mean, it just shows that these guys genuinely care about the product. And their brand, their team. They and care. if you're on the Knicks or the Magic, and you see that your best player cares that much, it's just conti- it's going to well, come. If you're to a Magic fan you, and yeah. you're watching first, you're already cheering. You're happy. Your best player just hit the game-winning shot, big win, and then he's emotional on TV. You look at that and you're like, "That I'm a Magic fan." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I like I like cheering that guy on because at least even if he loses or if he fails, you know he's he's giving you your best, man. I remember when I was in New Orleans, my rookie years, my first two years in the league, we were really bad, man. And we got booed a lot, but we'd only get booed when we got blasted by teams by 40. And we weren't doing, you know, we, you know, just wasn't, the effort wasn't there. There were games where we would lose, but there are some games where, you know, Monty Williams is good at this. You got to give him credit. He'll get through to guys. He'll push guys to that limit where he gets you to play so hard. We had games where we lost just because we weren't good enough and talented enough, but we played so hard that our fans would cheer us on all the way to the end. And even when we lost, going into the huddle, going into the locker room, like walking through the tunnel, fans would be clapping and cheering like, hey man, great game, man, great trip. Because they saw us try, bro. You know, fans aren't stupid, man. They could see effort. They might not know the game like we do and they can't dissect the game like we do, but you don't have to be a basketball historian to know what effort looks like. Right. And you can see a guy playing hard versus not or a guy just being lackadaisical going through the motions. And when you see your players go all out or a guy emotionally crying after a game when he hits the game winner or when he loses in Sugg's case, if you're a Magic fan, you know your best players are emotionally involved in every game and they care to that degree. It's got to be a good thing. So you said, thing. It's like what Scott Van Pelt said about the All-Star game. If you don't care, then we're we, not going to We care. don't. So, yeah. now, so when you see those guys cry, you're like, man, I'm invested. It makes the fans even more invested. I think you're totally right. This is the first time in years where people in Orlando are asking me for Magic tickets. No one, ever always, wanted, yeah. no, no one wanted to go the last few years, but this year everyone's hitting me up like, know, hey, do you have a plug for a Magic game? They sell out damn every game. Yeah, they're asking me for tickets. I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, and if it's a good team coming in town, you can forget about it. Yeah. You know, which is great, man. It's good for the city of Orlando. Um, they've hired good vets there. They've done a good job. Joe Inglis, I've heard, has been fantastic for the team. I know he doesn't have a lot left in the tank as a basketball player, but there's a lot of ways you can affect a team, not just on the court. And still, he can get out there and hoop a little bit. But Joe's there to be a, you know, a leader and help out in the locker room yeah, and to be a voice of a guy who's had success in terms of going to the playoffs. He has, he's never won a championship, but he's had, he's had plenty of battles in the playoffs and he's had losses. If anything, he could teach players from his own failure. You know what I mean? Just from losing and things he's seen and um, you know, yada, yada, yada. So they got good vets in there. Gary Harris, another guy in there, you know, they, they, they definitely have the right mix of people in that locker room um, to where these young guys are, are, you know, really getting it. So dope to see. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. You and me watched them play mm. against his sons the other day. And we were super impressed by just Kyrie playing it, you know, when he's at full strength and Luke is obviously always dominant, but there was a, I think it was a third quarter PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford, their new weapons. They were really out there like hooping. And I just think with all these pieces, we don't talk about Dallas enough as a potential contender. Obviously the West is loaded. But do you see them as a contender? I mean, I feel like you're a big Luka guy, and you, I know you love Kyrie's game. Like, are, do you think they could actually come out of the West? Well, I think we all saw Luka make that run a couple years ago and kind of got enamored by his ability to take over games and like really even level up another level to what already is a high level yeah. in the playoffs, right? So to that sense, I think you sit back as a fan of the game and be like, I mean, they could. I mean, they got Luca. That's what everybody always says, right? But then we always realize it's just it's not enough. One guy can only do so much. Well, now you pair him with Kyrie, and everybody had so much negativity to 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 talk about, or to people had so much you know negativity to point towards them as a duo and how they could coexist and work. There's only one ball, and da da da. Kyrie is simply taking that back seat, no problem. And everyone always talks about Kyrie's ego and how. Uh, he won't fit in. And, and I get it. Some of it's warranted just due to some of his decisions in the past, but they've always been decisions that he's made for the betterment of himself personally. Kyrie's only been guilty of putting himself first. Uh, that's on the court, off the court. And again, with that comes a cost. Some people are going to call you this, this, and that. 
you know, I definitely, I don't agree with everything he's done, but I'm sure he wouldn't agree with everything you or I have done in our lives either. So it's, it is what it is. He's under a different microscope, as we all know. Um, he's done a great job. Not that he had a choice. Luke is the better player, especially right now. Luke is just, un, he's just something we haven't seen. So he didn't really have a choice anyway, but you still have to accept it. And he has, and he's been great. He's been fantastic. He's been a good running mate for them. Uh, PJ Washington, big, big pickup. Yeah. All right, I feel like that's a good place to stop. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll stop there for today. Uh, great pod as usual. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Please like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram at The Off Guard Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, um, as we continue to try to blow and glow this thing up. And so appreciate y'all as well. We'll see y'all later in the week. Y'all be easy. Peace.